This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. And here I am. It's Adam the Bull. Yes. Who the hell else would it be? The show is called The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. It'd be odd if somebody else was hosting. Here I am yet again. And there is so much to talk about today. First of all, let me tell you about a big guest I have on on the podcast today. Brandon Stokely. The man played 15 years in the NFL. 15 Do you know how hard it is to play 15 years in the NFL? It's unheard of. He had a tremendous career, played with Peyton Manning, part of the big rivalry with Tom Brady. We're going to talk with Brandon Stokely. He does a show on on the Bet Rivers Network as well, Stinkin' Stokely. So we're excited to talk with Brandon Stokely on today's podcast. Also, NBA playoffs, the latest for Major League Baseball, heading into the final weekend of April. And we'll go around the NHL playoffs as well. That's all on today's edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, let's jump right into it, everybody. Here we go. NBA playoffs last night. Celtics beat the Hawks 128 to 100. This is a really fascinating game and a a fascinating series. Kudos to the Hawks for hanging in there. They finally ran out of gas in the fourth quarter, and the Celtics pulled away. This was a very close game. Hawks had a lead with about five minutes to go, uh, and then the Celtics, as I said, pulled away late. But uh, the Celtics were – it's amazing. You look at the Eastern Conference, the Buck. We, I don't think we've ever seen these kind of upsets in, in the first round of the NBA playoffs outside of the bubble year. The number one seed Bucks go down in, in – um, in, in five games, the four-seed Cavs lose to the Knicks. That's not a huge upset. You know, the Warriors look like they're on the verge of winning. We'll get to that. The Lakers, they're on the verge of winning. We'll see. Now, they haven't pulled those upsets. But even the Bucks pushing the Celtics to a tough sixth game last night in Atlanta was quite an accomplishment. I mean, Atlanta was a 500 team this year. The Celtics prohibitive favorites to win the NBA title, and they were pushed, no doubt. But in the end, the two stars came through for Boston. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown combined for 62 points to lead the way. They were 24 of 45 for the field. I was ripping the Cavs in the last podcast. Um, actually, not not the last podcast, but in the, in the live stream Yesterday, if you heard the live stream, I was ripping the Cavs for their stars, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, not coming through. Now, uh, in fairness to at least Darius Garland, Tatum and Brown are a lot more experienced than in fairness to Mitchell. They played together. But Mitchell choked like a dog in the in the uh, the game that mattered for the Cavs. He played awful. And uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown so showed why they've been to the finals before and are likely to get back to the finals. They were tremendous. They combined to go 10 of 18 from three. They shot it well. They combined for 19 rebounds, 19. 
Uh, they combined for nine assists. And they only had two. Jason Tatum had zero turn. What a game he had. I mean, 30-14-7, a steal, two blocks, and no turnovers in 40 minutes. That is just a magnificent performance. They got a good game from Brogdon off the bench. He had 17 points, and the uh, Celtics take, take care of business in this one, despite Trey Young scoring 30, but he didn't shoot it well. He was 9 of 28 from the field. In fact, the two best players on the Hawks, Young and Murray, were 14 for 41. Not good. That's about 35%. Not good enough. And they were 5 of 16 from 3. 30%. Not good. Uh, Celtics take care of business. NBA playoffs coming up tonight. A little Friday night action. Two games. The Warriors and the Lakers. The sixth seed or the... Yeah, the sixth seed and the seventh seeded Lakers. Now, neither team played great during the regular season. The Warriors were bad at home. Uh, excuse me, on the road during the regular season. Terrible. A lot of people thought this was the end of the Warriors. The Kings were up 2-0. The Warriors have stormed back, won three in a row, won a big road game in game five. The Aaron Fox has got an injury. He, he had his worst game last game. Still played well, but didn't shoot it as well. Coincidence that he had the injury or a factor? We do not know. Can the Kings and the Grizzlies keep their series alive? Both on the road and trying to avoid elimination against battle-tested champions. Warriors won the title. Last year, Lakers won the title in the bubble. Neither team great in the regular season, especially the Lakers. I say especially the Lakers. They only won one less game than the Warriors. It seemed like the Lakers were worse. Uh, but they dealt with a lot of injuries. So did the Warriors. They're older teams, both towards the end of their runs, uh, both beating teams that won more games than they did, potentially. Can they end it, or will it go back home for Sacramento and Memphis? Uh, now, Sacramento was a much better road team this year. Memphis was not good. I I have a sneaky suspicion that the Kings are going to win tonight. I'm probably out of my mind. Again, if you want to go with me in terms of bets, uh, we'll get to the what the baseball Bet River Sportsbook. I went. To, I gave you. T- I gave two picks yesterday. I gave them on the live stream. I gave them on the. Well, I gave one on the live stream because it was at night. I gave two on the show yesterday. Uh, part of our Bet Rivers uh, best bets. I went two and zero again yesterday in baseball. Now eighteen and eight on the season. I am on fire. And so I got one game for you today. I'll get to you at baseball in a minute. But I do. I do like the the Kings, especially with the points. I think the Lakers are going to win tonight and uh, eliminate the Grizzlies in the NBA playoffs. And then tomorrow, the second round begins with game one between the Suns and the Nuggets. All right, I want to talk some baseball here. Mentioned that uh, I hit two games yesterday. The two games I hit, I had the uh, the Pirates, actually plus a run and a half, and they won by four. I love the Pirates yesterday. I love Mitch Keller. I-, I love what he's doing right now. And then at night, I had the uh, Rays minus a run and a half over the White Sox, and they won by nine. The White Sox, a total disaster at 7-19 and 19 on the season. I give you my Bet Rivers best bet of the day. I want to bring up the most up-to-date uh, line here for this game. My pick is the Twins today. Uh, let me give you the pitching matchup. Pitching matchup today, you got uh, – Pablo Lopez on the hill against the Royals. Now, the Twins are a massive favorite, so you don't want to bet it on the money line. You want to 
uh, bet it on the run on the run line. The Twins are it's just minus one fourteen, so it's close to even money. Uh, you got to lay the run and a half with the Twins, but uh, no problem. The Twins are going to blow out the Royals today. Uh, take that one to the bank. I, like I said, I'm on fire here. Go with me on this one. Uh, I, 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 I give you a, I give you a bonus pick that I like that I didn't pick officially today, but I kind of like today too. Uh, I like the Yankees. The Yankees are plus one seventy five, so you could bet them uh, on the money line. You can get you can get a run and a half at minus one thirty four if you want. You know, um, I, I would take them on the run line, even though, yeah, you know what? What, what are we talking about? I can't just say they're going to win by one run. I, 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 none of this run line stuff. Forget it. I'm taking them on the money line, plus 175. I think the Yankees are going to win. Watch, they'll win by one, and I will have cost you. But uh, I like the Yankees against the Rangers. Jacob DeGrom has pitched well, and Clark Schmidt has pitched poorly, and and uh, Aaron Judge is banged up. All these things lead you to believe that the Rangers will win. However, Jacob deGrom has been banged up and has left a couple of starts. And uh, and I just, I like the Yankees on the road. I think Clark Schmidt is due a decent appearance. And so I kind of like the Yankees today, uh, plus one, what did I say it was? Plus 175. I think Judge will probably miss the game, though which I don't love, but uh, I still like the Yankees in this game. But I think if they if he misses significant time, they're going to be in some big trouble, especially in that division that is just absolutely brutal. But for now, we'll see you know how long he's going to be out. Um, but at the moment, the Yankees, who are 15 and 11, are six games out of first and fourth place. How about the Orioles? They are playing great baseball. 17 and 8. They've won nine of their last 10. I mean, it's... The Rays, Orioles, Red Sox have the three best records. Oh, excuse me, Rays, Orioles, Blue Jays have the three best records in the American League. And then the Yankees are tied with Minnesota for the fourth best record. And the Red Sox are in last place, but they're leaving there a 500 team. And so that, I mean, that division is, is absolutely brutal right now. There's no other division with more than three teams with a positive run differential. Oh, I'm sorry. The AL West actually has four teams with a positive run differential. No other division. Uh, the only other division with more than two teams over 500 is, shockingly, the NL Central that has three teams over 500. And the American League East has four. So nobody else has more than two. Uh, other interesting games to watch tonight in baseball, games that I got an eye my eye on, if you... Uh, you're in the mood to, to watch some baseball tonight. Good game in Miami. Marcus Stroman and Jesus Lazardo. Stroman's pitched really well. So's Lazardo. I like that game tonight. I've got my eye on Shane Bieber of the Guardians. Uh, the numbers look good, but if you've watched him pitch, he hasn't looked like his Cy Young caliber self. And this game on paper is an awful game, Orioles-Tigers, but Grayson Rodriguez has been the one guy uh, he's their best pitching prospect. The Orioles are playing really well. If they could get him locked in, the Orioles could get special. All right, And he his first major league start was okay. Then he had two starts in a row that were terrible against bad teams in Oakland and the White Sox. He pitched very poorly in those games. But his last start against Detroit, are obviously another bad team, he pitched very well, did not allow any runs. So I'm curious to see with his talent 
if he could get, you know, he can become a true ace. And the Orioles, if he does, I think the Orioles are legit. Love the pitching matchup in Toronto tonight. Mariners, Blue Jays, Luis Castillo under the radar, having a great season for a Mariner team so far. It's early. I don't want to get carried away for a Mariner team that's off to a really bad start. But Luis Castillo, the veteran pitcher, has done really well. Uh, my AL Cy Young award pick, Alec Manoa, who's off to a terrible start. But did he find did he find it last start, right? Because we'll see. Uh, he pitched great against the Yankees in the Bronx, which is not easy to do. And he got a no decision in a game. This is why wins are so stupid for pitchers. Guy pitched seven innings in Yankee Stadium, which is basically a Little League stadium. Allowed three base runners, no runs, but it gets a no decision. I mean, they lost, so he wasn't going to win anyway. But um, anyway, he pitched great after he had had two starts in a row that were terrible, and three of his first four were terrible. So we'll see if he can get righted against a Mariner team that's not – or continue to get righted against a Mariner team that's playing uh, pretty well or not playing well. Max Fried goes for the for the sizzling hot Braves. He's been awesome so far. Zach Eflin, his second start off the DL. Pitches for the Rays tonight, looking for their 22nd win against the White Sox team that's terrible. Uh, Aaron Nola, another guy is off to a bad start for Philadelphia. The guy was uh, fantastic the last few years. He's coming off his, you know, his last two starts have been better uh, after a, an ugly start, but not great. He's given up at least three runs in all five of his starts this year, but a little better the last two. So we'll see if he can get going against uh, another under-the-radar stud. Framber Valdez is, uh, for Houston has been one of the best pitchers in baseball the last two years. And there you go. Jack Flaherty, Dustin May, good pitch, pitching matchup late on the West Coast. Cardinals-Dodgers, two major disappointing teams so far in the first month. That came on Apple TV if you have it. All right, so take a break. When we come back, 15-year NFL vet Brandon Stokely. We'll talk about the Broncos. We'll talk about his career. We'll talk about the draft. A lot to get to with the great Brandon Stokely. He joins me next right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. It's the bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. Another show on the Bet Rivers uh, Network, of course, is Stinkin' Stokely, which, of course, is a great name. I mean, you're partnered with a guy who's got one of the all-time great nicknames. I right? mean, how blessed am I? You know, not only did I get to play quarterback, I mean, to get to play wide receiver with one of the best quarterbacks ever, right. Peyton Manning, I get to do a podcast with a uh, washed-up offensive lineman named Stink. I mean, I mean, things have gone in the wrong direction uh, later in my life really quickly here, Adam. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, you know, some pe- most people might be offended by that nickname, but he seems to revel in it. Yeah, I mean, he's a former offensive lineman, you know. Yeah. Um, so he embraces it now. Mark's great. Uh, yeah. I get to do a radio show uh, at the same company as him uh, yeah. every day. So he, he's great. He's great to um, – you know, he's been around the game and seen so much. So um, it's it's been a lot of fun this past year doing that with him. Brandon, I always love asking ex-players, what do you miss most about playing? I've ne- Nobody's ever given me the answer, the hits. Nobody no, ever misses yes. the hits. But uh, what, what is your answer to the thing you missed most about playing? No one ever says the cold tub. No one ever mm. says the training room. Definitely not. You know, yeah. and I, I, I feel like I spent half my year in the training room. I mean, half my career in the training room. Um it's a locker room, right? I think you probably get that a lot, yep. just the guys. And I miss the card games. I miss the hanging out on the, the road trips and going to dinners and uh, the airplane rides. And, uh, you know, there's nothing better than after you go on the road and 
you find a way to get a victory and you get back on that plane and you know maybe there's some cold pops going down in, in the back of the plane and you're you're playing cards and you're hanging out and the music's going. You saw, I mean, we all saw Kirk Cousins this year and had all the chains on. It, <laughs> there's just nothing better than that. Um, yeah. There's no, you're not going to with your family to dinner. You're you're on the plane and it's just you and your teammates and just having a lot of fun. You played 15 years in the NFL. You played for a number of teams. Obviously, you played a, a lot of years in Baltimore. And they came back to Baltimore at the end, and you played in Indy for a while, and obviously Seattle. Was it? Was it? I mean, obviously, when you're at a place for a longer period of time, you're, you're more part of the fabric of the team. But even when you had some stops at different places for a year at the end, is, it, is there always that at least some level of, of the same camaraderie there in each locker room? Pretty much. You know, yeah. obviously, when you've been in place three, four, four years, um, it's at a different level. Um, yeah. You get to develop those relationships, especially when you have a core group. You know, we had a core group there in Indy. Um, you know, with uh, Dallas Clark and Edger and James and Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, and then, you know, that offensive line there with Jeff Saturday and all those guys. So we had, especially on offense, we had a core group. That defense was changing a little bit more, but offensively, we just had that group that was together for years. And so um, that's always the best, uh, you know, when you when you can develop those bonds uh, throughout the offseason and training camp, but not just one year, but uh, multiple years. Brady, as I mentioned, you played 15 years. There's not a lot of players that play 15 years in the NFL. That's quite the accomplishment. I mean, the average NFL career is three years. I think when fans hear that, because like, I feel like you you know that, obviously, and players know that, and maybe guys who do sports talk radio know that, but I don't think the average fan really realizes that the average career is three years, which is insane, because uh, it's what you're preparing your whole young life for as a football player. Uh you, and you were a fourth-round pick, right? So it's not even like you were a first-round pick. You're more, I, I don't think anybody's likely to play 15 years, but I guess the higher the draft, in theory, the more likely. But why do you think it was that you were able to play for so long, and what would your advice be to the guys that got drafted yesterday, getting drafted today and tomorrow, the free agents, whoever it may be, that they can do or the attitude they may need to have to have a longer career. Sometimes it's just luck to some degree, obviously, but there's more to it than that, certainly. What would your advice be to those guys? Yeah, I think, you know, you, you do. You have to be fortunate. You have to be lucky. Um, you have to make your luck also. Uh, and just, look, for me, it was uh, trying to be a great teammate, trying to, um, you know, but but you, it's just more than being a great teammate or doing, like, great stuff in the community. you got to go out there and make plays, and you have to be someone that your coaches can trust, um, someone you're – especially if you play the wide receiver position, someone your quarterback can trust. And so you try to develop the relationship so when you get a little bit older – you know, and, and coaches move so much, you know, maybe you were with a coach uh, your, your fourth or fifth year and and you're trying to play another couple of years later in your career and that coach will go to the general manager, the head coach, or maybe he is the head coach and say, hey, this guy's reliable. This guy will be a great teammate. He'll be great in the locker room. Plus, he'll make a few plays for us also. So I try to be that guy, um, pay attention to the details, do all the little things. Um but 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 also, you know, like I said, you got to make plays and, and, and the vice uh, to, to the younger guys would be, you know, find what you do well. And, you know, try. and I ended up just being that like that slot receiver type of guy. Um, and, but but find what you do well and, and you know, excel at it and, and try to master that craft, but also do the little things. You know, um, you have to be 
a great teammate. You have to you have to check all those other boxes off because once you start getting a little bit older, unless you're an all-pro great player, uh, once you start getting a little bit older, they're going to start looking for younger guys if you don't check all those other boxes about you know doing doing good things uh, in the community, um, being a good yeah. teammate, being good in the locker room. All those little things like that end up adding up and mattering a lot, um, especially if you're not an all-pro type of guy, which I never was that type of player. Yeah, no doubt. An important lesson to learn. Brandon, obviously you're out in Denver. Uh, the Broncos last year went all in, traded for Russell Wilson. And at least in year one, it, it was obviously a disaster. Could Really couldn't have gone any worse. Russell Wilson had been such a good quarterback in Seattle. Uh, even if you thought he might decline a little, I don't think anybody saw what, what happened to him last year. Is Has he, you know, I, I think Brady has kind of skewed everything because he's, he played at such a high level to such an old age, but a lot of times quarterbacks can go over the cliff in their 30s. I mean, most of them do, right? And I'm not saying that's necessarily the case with Russell Wilson. A- at this point, do you think it's he's never going to see that great player again, or was it circumstances that led to this, and do you think he can bounce back this year? Well, that's a million-dollar question here in Denver, right? <laughs> uh, got Sean Payton here. And I think that's going to be huge for Russell Wilson. They're going to take some stuff off of his plate. I think he wanted to be that Drew Brees type of quarterback last year. He bulked up a little bit. He wanted to be a pocket quarterback. Uh, and it was, a like you said, it was a complete disaster. Couldn't have gone any worse. But now you got a coach coming back in here who's an adult in the room, who's going to tell him how things are going to go, um, who's going to run his offense a certain way to help Russell Wilson. It's not going to be all about Russell Wilson cooking. Um, it's going to be about this offense doing whatever it takes to you know move the football, whether it be run the ball a lot, uh, short intermediate passes. So I think it's going to really help him. Hope it does because you know this is really um, I believe a one year trial run for Russell Wilson and Sean yeah. Payton. If Sean Payton isn't a believer in Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson doesn't play well. I think he's been given assurances that you can move on from Russ after mm. this year. So wow. it's a big year for Russell Wilson. Uh, but I think he's got the right coach to help him. You know, if, if he's got some juice left in the tank here towards the end of his career, it's going to be this year with Sean Payton. I would agree. If Sean Payton can't get him back, I, I don't think he can be brought back. So we'll see. Now, one thing that would be huge is Javante Williams. As a rookie, he looked like, you know, sharing that role with Melvin Gordon. He looked like a special talent. He gets hurt early last year. How's his recovery looking and how, how confident are you that he can get back to being a special player this year? He's awesome. You know, he really is. Um, he, he was moving and heading into, you know, that type of uh, top 10 uh, running back uh, conversation and, and maybe maybe better, you know. Uh, and it was unfortunate what happened to him. Uh, but we, we've gotten a little bit of uh, conflicting reports on him during the combine. It was we the, the, the buzz was and and George Payton, the general manager for the Broncos, it was um, it was said that you know kind of expecting them to be back for training camp and in the in the uh, opener, and then uh, later on here during during the draft when we heard from him, it was a little bit more cautious with Javante Williams, which I think is going to be the approach here, and um, they're going to be very cautious with them. They um, they they signed Samaji uh, Piran, which is I think is a really good signing, nice player, um, yeah. really good signing, a third down guy, but also can carry the load on first and second down. So uh, we'll see what happens here later, um, you know, throughout the throughout the draft and free agency and and uh, if they pick up another running back. But I'm not really expecting much from Javante Williams early on. He had an yeah. ACL plus two other ligaments. So 
it was some major damage in the knee, and he plays a bruising type of style at the running back position. So yeah, I'm not expecting a lot early on, but I think by the middle of the season, he's going to be a big part of the offense. Yeah, I happen to be a Bengals fan working in Cleveland, which is a little tricky. But wow. uh, yeah, wow. yeah, I was honest <laughs> with the fans right away. My dad was actually a Browns fan as a kid, but he loved Paul Brown. So when Paul Brown got fired stupidly by the Browns, by Art Modell, who, of course, as you know, took the team to the Baltimore, which certainly ticks fans off here, too. Uh, but when Art Modell, uh, uh, sorry, when Paul Brown started the Bengals, my dad switched allegiances. And so I became a Bengals fan. Wow. So I watched Samaje P. Ryan play every game last year I thought the I thought his time in Cincinnati really revitalized his career because he looked like he was heading out of the league before coming to the Bengals I, one thing that really stood out to me you talk about his third down ability he's a tremendous I, I've made I, I think I've made up this word I, maybe it's used around the NFL but I've he's a tremendous blitz picker upper uh, he's <laughs> he's excellent at that and that's a skill to me that the average fan doesn't really think about or talk about but uh, as you know as an offensive player as quarterbacks know that is huge for the quarterback he's great at that uh, absolutely look you have to be smart also to do that role yeah. um you have to know protections you have to know uh who you're responsible for and things switch so quickly um, once again, like you, you, your offensive coordinator has to trust that you're going to know what you're doing. Your quarterback has to trust that you know what you're going to do. And yep. so he, he's kind of mastered that role there in Cincinnati. And I think here in, in Denver, you're going to see a, a, a larger role for him yep. early on, especially why Javante is, is, is probably coming back from that injury. Brandon, obviously, when Peyton Manning got drafted first overall, you think back, that's almost 25 years ago. And and all the talk about him and Ryan Leaf and, you know, thankfully for the Colts, they, they made the right choice there. Uh, but now, like, the way that coverage was at the time was huge. I mean, that was a massive story. Now the draft is, I mean, the draft is bigger than the NBA playoffs, I think, the NHL playoffs. I mean, the football was already the most popular sport by then, but now it's, it's I mean, just ri- ridiculous. So the storylines are crazy. This Will Levis situation uh, there were rumors, you know, and I never buy any, any rumors. I think they're always doing. I hear guys draft it, moving up and down the board. I don't know if any of that's true, but I, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be a first round pick, and now he drops to the second round. At, at a year ago, he seemed to be the no brainer first overall pick. What's your thoughts on him? And uh, do you think in the long run? I mean, because I don't know where he's going to end up. Where, where do you think he might end up? Yeah, that's a, a tricky situation. You feel yeah. for these guys that are sitting there for hours and their name doesn't get called. Um, yeah. That's not a good deal. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously you feel for that person. It's, uh, it's not ideal when, right. I mean, I, I really thought he was going to go, uh, what, four to Indianapolis, the Colts, yep. you know, there was some buzz about that. And then you fall all the way out of the first round. I mean, right. it's, um, that's a bad feeling. I mean, that's a lot of money that every pick you're oh, just yeah. watching, you know, go out the, out the door there. So it's a lot of money you're losing, but ultimately, I think the big thing here for a guy like him is, listen, it's it's not about what round you go. And I remember I got this advice. It's about what situation you go to. You want to go to a good situation, especially as a quarterback. If you go to the right spot, now it doesn't matter that you, you, know, you, you drop 15 spots, 25 spots. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. He went to a perfect situation there in right. Green Bay, and it worked out for him. Look at some of these quarterbacks that have slid. So I think yeah. for a guy like Will Levis, it's about ending up with the right fit in the right organization, especially at the quarterback position. And we'll see. I, I think I think everybody is, is in play here, especially in the second round. If you're looking yeah. for a backup quarterback, you already have an established starter. 
Um, you know, I yeah. mean, you see what happened with New England and 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 Tom Brady when they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo what in the yeah. second round. So right. um, you can look at a team like the Broncos. Who knows that try to move yeah. up in the second Good round point. to take a a young um, cheap uh, quarterback that has a lot of potential. Do you think the pressure put on these young quarterbacks, the high picks, is is almost too much? Like you have you have really have no time to develop. You you got to be good. I'd say by year two, the latest. Otherwise, we're moving on. Yeah, it's unfortunate that you really don't see teams um, have the luxury of developing guys. I mean, because the problem is if they're not ready and they're not playing well, guess what? That coach is fired. That general manager is fired in a couple years usually. And so you don't see coaches getting four or five years of, you know, a couple bad years of football to let these guys develop. Now, the coach is fired, and then you get a new coach, new general manager, whatever the case may be. And so and they don't have ties to that young quarterback, so they're ready to kind of move on from that guy. And it's a new right. system. These guys are learning, you know, all kind of different things every single year, new things, and that's a hard thing to do. So, it, yeah, it's a tough situation for them to come into. But, you know, that's kind of the world that we're living in now, um, unfortunately. There's not a lot of time, not a lot of patience especially yeah. when it comes to NFL and quarterbacks and coaches. Brandon, I'm going to put the pressure on you now. You got it. You got to take what you're starting a team. You got to take one wide receiver. I give you Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs. Wow. That's a good one. I'm going to go with, the, I'm going to go with, Wow. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> Justin possible. Jefferson. I'm going to go okay. Justin Jefferson. I just, yeah. I, he, he can do it all. He's a great route runner. I watched him, you know, coming out of the draft there at LSU and, yeah. um, and obviously that great LSU team there, uh, the weapons that they had, but <laughs> Justin Jefferson, he can do it all. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's a great route runner. Um, and, and he, and he's good after the catch, uh, yeah. you know, Tyree, it's tough to pass on Tyree Hill's speed because he, yeah. he's the one of, uh, with that speed and it, it puts the fear in, into the defenders, uh, every time he lines up, but, um, I'm going Justin Jefferson. That's a good call. I mean, you couldn't go wrong with any of those right. guys, but I can't argue that, you know, it's, it's amazing. You bring up that LSU team, which some people think is the greatest offensive team ever. And sometimes great college players don't translate to the NFL, right? We saw Tim Tebow. I mean, he just, his game didn't translate to the NFL. That's just one of many, many examples. But you, you look at uh, that team, Joe Burrow, who's arguably the second best quarterback, maybe third best quarterback in the league and chase and Jefferson, you know, are probably the two best wide receivers under the age of 25 in the wow. league. I mean, I just can't imagine having just just those to forget the rest of the roster. Just those three guys together in college, absurd. Really insane. Um, <laughs> you know what they had going on there, and, yeah. and um, the type of talent offensively. So, yeah. and, and they went on an epic run. You know, yeah. and, but they, it kind of came out of nowhere. LSU wasn't you know this great no. juggernaut of offense for a couple years. It was just all of a sudden. Out of nowhere, here comes this yeah. LSU on uh, historic offense. So, yeah, that was a special group. Last question, Brandon. You played with Peyton Manning, arguably the most talented quarterback ever, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. You played. You were a big part of the rivalry with Tom Brady. You know, two of the two of the best of all time. Patrick Mahomes, right now. I I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback this good this quick. If he stays healthy, is there a chance he passes everybody? Or is that unfair to say this soon? I think it's unfair to say this soon. I think when you look at, um, obviously, I mean, saying that, I mean, his trajectory right now with his age and 
uh, what he's been able to do um, has been remarkable, has been historic. Uh, but it's still too early to put him in that category. I mean, you talk right. about longevity for both of those guys, uh, Peyton and obviously Tom playing, you know, yeah. feels like uh, till he's 55, finally hanging him up. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think Patrick's got to continue to do it obviously. And yeah. so, you know, this is kind of like just really the first chapter of that career. And it's already a Hall of Fame chapter. But if you want to be in that top, you know, whatever, three, four, five category, you got to continue to do it. And so obviously it was impressive what they were able to do last year, especially after moving on from Tyreek Hill. I just, I just thought they were going to take a step back offensively and they really didn't. So um, you, you don't expect it to, that train to slow down at all. Uh, but I think to be in that kind of conversation of you know, the best two, three, four, five quarterbacks of all time. There has to be some longevity there. You think Brady's definitely done for good? You don't think he's coming back at all? I think he's done. I think he's done. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I put my chips right now. Um, I, because I just don't think if he, um, you know, with everything that he had going on last year off the football field, that had to be tough on him and weighing on him. Uh, but if he wanted to keep playing, he was more free now than ever to do it and just to um, kind of do whatever he wanted. He was going to be a free agent, um, but you you need you and it wasn't going to be back with Tampa. Uh, so you but you need that off season. You need that stuff, and I think yeah. he enjoys that stuff and he likes that stuff. Um, but uh, so uh, yeah, I, you quite you, you never quite uh, know for sure. Uh, but I would say yes, he's done. What's coming up on the next Stinkin' Stokely podcast? Oh, man, a lot of back and forth, um, <laughs> a, a, a lot of trash talk. Um, you know, Mark Mark has this love affair with Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh. And so, you know, he told us he told us a couple years ago here in Denver that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be a Denver Bronco. Got us all excited, and that oh, uh, ended wow. up being very wrong. Instead of getting Aaron Rodgers, we got Nathaniel Hackett, and that didn't work out too well for us here. So... <laughs> Probably a lot of uh, smack talking about Aaron Rodgers, but that's going to be an interesting story there in New York to see how that plays out. I I, I think it's fascinating. It's like it's Brett Favre two point oh. But this AFC, I mean, with the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals in particular, I just don't buy he can get past those teams. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's going to be interesting, very yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, AFC's loaded. I mean, it's yeah, uh, it's crazy. It, it, it really is. So it's gonna it's gonna be a fun year, like it always is. So I can't wait for it. Brandon, awesome stuff, man. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. A lot of fun. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back uh, to the bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. Great stuff with Brandon Stokely. Real pleasure talking with him. Make sure you check out the Stinking Stokely podcast right here as part of the Bet Rivers Network. That's going to do it for today's edition of the bullpen with Adam, the bull. Thanks to Brian Monzo as always for producing. Thanks to Brandon Stokely for joining me talking some NFL draft and NFL football. Great chatting with him. I'll talk to you next week. Where else? But right here in the bullpen with Adam, the bull part of the bet rivers network. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam, the bull on the bet rivers network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.